Hey folks, it's Jeremy, the host of Blamo. Thanks so much for listening. This is a preview of one of our exclusive shows on Patreon. These are member-supported shows, meaning they only happen because of our incredible members and community. So check out a preview of the episode, and if you like it, consider joining us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Blamo, where we have tons of exclusive Blamo episodes, shows, our amazing Slack group, and we're adding new things for members all the time. If not, no worries, we still love you, and we literally have hundreds of episodes of Blamo all free for you to dive into. Thanks so much. During the editing process, uh, just as a warning, my cat just woke up from her nap, and she's (laughs) in a position where I can tell she is going to be meowy. Is that going to be a problem? Is it easy to edit out? (laughs) Derek, can we please leave this on on the recording? It's Wait, got to be the what? cold open. Yeah, please. <laughs> okay. I, yeah. If if people don't mind that there's a meowy cat, um, she just woke up from her nap and she's, um, I can tell she's, she's, um, she's got she's something to say. To talk about her day. Yeah. yeah. She's, yeah. You're good, my man. I absolutely right. love it. Hey, everyone. This is Derek. Welcome to the second episode of my podcast with Blamo. In this episode, we talk about the curated lives of Instagram, a recent Twitter controversy, and the return of J.Crew. The bulk of this episode is around the Twitter controversy, which was a week-long debate, a heated week-long debate, around whether or not it's classes to criticize fast fashion companies such as Shein. We discuss the problems that fast fashion poses in the market, as well as how men can build an affordable wardrobe without turning to those companies. We also discuss the return of J.Crew, the new collection by Brandon Babazine, what we think of the collection, the presentation, and what role J. Crew can play in the market. Let's dive in. All right, let's go ahead and start things off at the top, and Derek, and I'll let you lead the way, but you did join Instagram, finally. Congratulations, I my did. man. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome to the Blue Check Envy Land. How, how are you doing? Uh, I'm worried I am destroying whatever image i have because i have nothing to contribute to the discourse but um jokes so i i do that obviously on twitter but then mm-hmm. i don't know a, a pete uh peter Sotolo, a friend of mine also encouraged me to get on instagram and he told me that there the people mainly spend their time either on instagram or twitter rarely equal parts on both platforms correct um, and so on Twitter, I obviously do nothing but make dumb jokes all day. But like on Twitter, that's like what everybody does. Like Nobel Prize winners will make <laughs> dumb jokes all day. So I don't think it's a big deal. Although sometimes I'm conscious of it. Sometimes I think like, oh, wow, like people are reading my site where I put in a lot of effort to make a thoughtful post and they come to my Twitter and it's like, like just dumb jokes. Um, but now I obviously am doing that on Instagram and I don't know if. I don't know. I don't have anything else to contribute besides dumb jokes. Um, so that's what that's what I'm there now doing. Uh, comedy writing, I would argue, is probably the highest art form. Oh, that's very kind. I don't know if I'm doing comedy writing. It but, is. Um, I mean, it's it's but, really funny. It's definitely very very funny. And obviously, it's it's within the within like the menswear you know realm, in which like it's a lot of if you know you know jokes and things like that. But the 
the Costanza thing, I think still rocks the boat and like ripples throughout the industry. And as to realizing that, you know, like, like Shia LaBeouf was the source for Kanye. The fact that George Costanza is the source for, um, menswear and like, I don't know. What what, what do you call this era? Like the double aughts or something like what what is the, the 2020s? (laughs) Like, yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, he, Costanza wears a lot of classic clothing and then um, sometimes in 90s colors. So it just plays well into what people are into right now. So I think it's yeah. easy to reference him. Yeah, very. Um, but before we before we started recording, you were talking about viewing people's stories. Because n- now that you have an Instagram account, you can actually view people's stories. Can you rehash that real quick? Yeah. So before I would log on to, or I wouldn't log on to Instagram, I would just visit people's pages because I didn't have an account. So I would have to go to someone's page to look at what they posted, um, which is fine. That's what I did for a long time. But now that I'm on Instagram, I can look at people's stories. And I am, I was just telling Jeremy that I feel like I work all the time. I never have any breaks. And then I logged on to Instagram stories and everybody I know is like partying, camping, vacationing, dining, like <laughs> doing these like amazing things. Like they're in Italy, like at some amazing restaurant, they're at parties, they're fishing, they're doing all these incredible events. And I like, I'm lucky if I can grab lunch. It's like, that is, I make a point to at least try to go to a nice restaurant once a week. Um, <laughs> but that is like, for me, that's like my treat. That's like on a Friday or Saturday. Otherwise, I'm working all the time. I'm amazed at the lifestyles that people are leading. Uh, there's, I'm trying to think if there's a C word that gets used to describe this. It's curated. It's, it's, all, right. it's, it's basically all people do, including myself, is you just curate what you're doing. And so you find a way to tastefully do it. You have people like, uh, like Chris Black, uh, Done to Death Projects, which I think does an incredible job, uh, honestly, of his social media, because one, he never takes pictures of himself. Um, he only takes pictures that do not complete a sentence. They're basically like, it's like a door frame. And you're like, where is he? What's going on? What's he doing? And then you have other people who more or less document everything that they're doing. Um, and all of those things are things that are very envious. And then you also you'll have people like me who will try to find some way to like purposely overshare, but to be somewhat dumb when they do it, like me making jokes about like shitting my pants, running, listening to refused or something like that, like like that. That's so. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a there's a fork in the road on Instagram stories and it's generally, you know, three different lanes. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's curated. I have not done any of those events in like a decade. So for me to curate any of it would be wow. amazing. I, a decade. Uh, and, and honestly, sometimes I got to say, there is a tinge of je- jealousy because sometimes I'll see someone post a story and I'm like, dude, I'm waiting for your email. Like, I, I'm trying to like, and you are partying. Like, what the fuck? Like, just a- just answer my email. Like, this is like, I need to meet a deadline or something. You know, it's it's very odd. Dude, Derek, um, you're so ahead of the curve. You were like in in like COVID lockdown like eight years before it actually. Oh happened. yeah, I've <laughs> I've, I've like been in no COVID traveling. lockdown my entire life. I'm not leaving the house. Yeah, yeah. I've, my life is COVID lockdown. I've I mean, I've prepared for it my entire life. Yeah, 
I mean, to be fair, it does feel like everybody's taking their like really long trips that they postponed from two years ago, and they're just like out of the office for two weeks. Touche. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, there's so, a lot of people going yeah. on vacation right now. But yeah, I mean, Instagram's there just to let everybody know you're living your best life, I feel. So yeah, probably explains why well, it's post. There, there's a new app. I think it's called like Be Real, which and you know, and I obviously there's a period in a weird spot or something like that. But like, whatever, the app is called Be Real. And the whole point of it is, I think like you get a notification at a specific time of day or like a random time of day. And that notification triggers your phone. And it shows everyone exactly what you're doing at that time. And then it's shared with your friends. But here's the thing, like, like, what's the point of doing that? Because all people are going to see is one, a laptop in front of me or a child. Like there's, there's just not, there's, I have to curate my life. Like there's nothing worth showing like in the middle of the day. (laughs) It's like me on a toilet for the 400th time. Like, oh, okay, cool. Like me Googling like inflamed prostate, like, like what <laughs> there's like, there's nothing, there's nothing worth showing on this be real app, but people are like really, really into it right now. I, I assume that's younger people. I mean, if you're younger, you probably have more time if you're like, I mean, at least I had more time when I was, you know, a teenager and, and in college. So you could yeah. probably show something, but now like my life is incredibly monotonous. Hmm. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> and here we go. Um, you guys want to, why don't you go ahead and kick us off? Because I think you, um, as usual, you kind of definitely struck a chord with folks on your recent post. And in this case, it was on Put This On. Can you, can you kind of unpack this a bit for us? So there was the discourse on Twitter, if you will. Uh, the discourse on Twitter was um, somebody tweeted, we're killing the planet for uh, Sheen Fitz. I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't even know how you, know, how you pronounce Sheen. Is it- uh, but it's that fast, fast fashion company um, that was founded in 2008. And it's like, it's like magnitudes crazier than Zara and H&M. Like Zara and H&M was already like crazy compared to the rest of fashion. But now like Sheen is like, nuts it's beyond anything anyone can imagine um so someone said we're killing the planet for sheen fits this is crazy that got like 120,000 likes or something um and just went viral and then that sparked off a debate that's continuing right now like at the time of this recording uh many days later where people are arguing um whether it's classist to be um anti sheen and the argument is that people of, you know, modest means um, can't afford Gucci. They may not even be able to afford, you know, like, like J. Crew or whatever may be like a stretch. So Sheen is what they can afford to look good. And they should have, you know, I don't want to say the right, but they should have the ability to enjoy um uh, the pleasures, if you will, of of dressing well like everybody else, um, and this is now sparked again, just like a fierce debate that's going on Twitter. Even many, it's been like, it's been maybe a, over at least a week at this point, and I still see people arguing about it. It, it mainly happens among women on Twitter because 
sheen and fashion in general is is very i mean the you know women's wear dwarfs men's wear sales right right. um but i can only obviously can only speak to men's wear i can't speak to women's wear so i wrote an article um and put this on summarizing uh the debate uh, as it happened on um, twitter is it classist to be against fast fashion and then um listed some options of how people can build a wardrobe outside of fast fashion if they want to dress well but can't afford um to spend a lot of money yeah uh, and so i think cuz th- this is this has been something that's more or less kind of i don't know like kind of discussed in the background of a lot of conversations when people will make comments about not liking h&m or not liking the gap and especially as we kind of get into a society that's a little bit more culturally aware of how we as individuals affect others um you know this this happened when i talked with um i think his the, his company at the time was called like scandinavian man now it's scandinavian mine um um but he basically kind of like privilege checked me um Con- connor or Con- conrad olson jeez excuse me I'm freaking an idiot right now but um he was he basically was like well liking you know like it's i get that you're making fun of h&m he's like but there's a lot of people where they're able to dress the way the people that they want to look like that you know they can they can have that look for less and and like zara is is in that bucket h&m's in that bucket and it you know and he told me that it was more or less privileged to he kind of like gut checked me in a good way that like to belittle some of these other brands they also and you know the clothes that they make empower others and then i mentioned this to adam conover when i had him on and he was like that's fucking bullshit um and was like no yeah he was he was like that that doesn't no he's like if they want to empower others they can pay people more and i was like uh (laughs) touche you know and he was just like so i mean i think what you talked what you mentioned is something that is definitely i think something that needs to be discussed a lot more be you know but i think there's there like the elephant in the room is like to exist means you're taking up space right it does mean that you are you're taking somebody else's air you're taking that but like so it's we have to kind of like push that aside first off i want to define fast fashion because every time i see this conversation happen i do not think that people are defining the way that i'm defining anyway Fast fashion online, as I often see it described, people conflate it with cheap clothing. And Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody is reasonably against cheap clothing. Cheap clothing has existed forever. Fast fashion is this very specific business model that combines, if you will, quote unquote, very efficient supply chains, a, a very specific way of designing garments. A very way, a very specific way of stocking garments at the retail store so that you have shallow stock and can replenish quickly. Fast fashion is combining the, the, the making, the stocking, the designing, all those aspects so that you can deliver the hottest trends as fast as possible. And in the previous, um, fashion model, a designer might take a few months to design a collection, you know, show some samples at a trade show, take six months to produce and then deliver to the stores. The lead time might be a year for from from conception to delivery as you as a consumer going into a store and seeing seeing the clothes on the floor. Those things were conceived of possibly a year ago. 
In the Zara H&M model, they collapse that period into as short as six weeks, and the Sheen model collapses it into days. This very specific model is putting the fashion cycle in hyperdrive. And I think we have to be very honest with how how trends, you know, kind of cycle through. Trends cycle through when you wear something, you you see someone that you think is admirable, whether it's a celebrity or a well-dressed person or some group, whatever, and you say, oh, I want to look like that. And then you emulate that type of dress. It may be in your social circle, maybe aspirational, maybe maybe whatever. And at, when that product ends up disseminating, goes through, you know, kind of the whole ecosystem of fashion consumers, and you walk out and you see that everybody's wearing it, then all of a sudden you don't want to wear it anymore. And that's that's essentially how the trend cycle is is cycling through so quickly at this point. And I think the fast fashion system makes that situation even worse because a thing can I mean Sheen is not even just ripping off things off the runway, by the way. They're I mean, that's like that's like a 20-year-old model at this point. Like nobody's even thinking of that anymore. Sheen is is collecting data from Google, from social media, their competitors, their own site. They're doing this whole big data kind of package and of course designers. And then mm-hmm. a a look can be hot on the internet for a week and then all of a sudden it's on Sheen and then all of a sudden everyone's wearing it and then everyone decides, oh well, I don't want to look like everyone else. And then we start the whole process over again. So you know, companies like, um, you know, Timberland, Carhartt, Dickies, um, L.O. Bean, Land's End, Haynes, you know, there are a ton of companies, Wrangler, all of these companies have provided cheap clothes for many people for generations. They are not fast fashion. If you go to Wrangler, you can buy the same cowboy cut, you know, pants you know, today, as someone may have bought a few decades ago, Haynes mm-hmm. has been selling beefy teas as long as I've been alive. Mm-hmm. So that's not fast fashion. <laughs> fast fashion is is cheap and trendy clothing. And I think the question then is, you know, like, do people have a right to trendy clothing? That seems bizarre to me. Yeah, I mean, I guess the the complicated thing to me is that when you talk about the trends, then you end up sort of one, it's kind of implicitly uh, ephemeral, right? It's like there's kind of a built-in obsolescence to it. And I think perhaps that's another way of framing what you're objecting to. Mm. But I guess if you're going to object to that part without necessarily the rest of it, like, you know, however, like the labor practices or whatever, I don't know. I'm like, how do you distinguish that between um, just saying, you know, buying something that's like a tried and true classic, like Carhartt or Dickies, or even like a Uniqlo Oxford shirt or something like that. Um, you know, that's okay. But trying to act like you're, um, you know, Harry Styles, like that's not okay, right? Because you know, Harry Styles isn't like wearing like a vintage Wrangler shirt, as far as I know. He's probably going for like the eight hundred dollar, you know, Celine version. Right. I mean, right, why right. is it bad? Why is it bad on the fast fashion level to do the Harry Styles but not the Hanes? Well, uh, to consume it, I guess, because it, it's almost like, how do I put this? Um, it, it's almost like you're making a judgment like, okay, well, fashion for the sake of fashion isn't like as serious as like kind of timeless classic menswear, for instance. Mm. I don't even think, I, I don't, I don't want to make it seem like 
like people of modest means have to dress timeless and classic. I mean, it's impossible to talk about post-war 20th century fashion without talking about it's not even it's not even post-war, even going back to like the 1920s, even even um after the First World War, you see the breakdown of monoculture in in fashion. I mean, monoculture is a, a very broad generalization. There was there's always been kind of like different cultures in fashion, but mm-hmm. it used to be in by the you know the early 20th century, it, it used to be a system where people took their taste from the money deletes. That's you know like you're supposed to dress in this way because that's like what rich people have set the culture. And then over time, and especially after the post-war period, many people create their own fashion cultures. So when we think of like post-war 20th century history. Much of that history is about how people of modest means created their own fashion subcultures. They did not look to Harry Styles and say, well, he's wearing Gucci and I can't afford Gucci, so I'll just buy a knockoff of Gucci. They they bought military surplus. They bought thrifted clothing. They bought um, workwear. They bought all sorts of clothes, and they created their own cultures. They, they okay. created their own... Fashion right, cultures well, like punks. Punks are their own subculture, right? That's their look. Right. Well, here, let me let me interject here because I think the one asterisk that we have to make is also at that time, there was never um there was never any form of media that and level of celebrity that allowed people to feel so connected to to people, right? Like you would you would have to wait for your news. Uh, things weren't accessible. And I think the other thing that's happened in, in tangent with this is one, um, the, the concept of celebrity has evolved so much. Um, then obviously you also have with the introduction of the internet and how it's kind of, you know, worked its way into our lives. There's a sense of immediacy that uh, we're being trained to like now so any anything you want you the the speed at which you need it i mean look at google look at everything else so there's there's a culture of immediacy that's also happening but then last but not least with social media there's also a culture of intimacy that's also happening so now i feel very interconnected to people who have no idea who they who i am or that I even exist only because i follow them on all these different apps so that is actually i think you know, also creating a level of connection with us that really makes us want to be like that person in a way before, instead of go off and reinvent our own cultures within that, you know, we're like, well, we're already, you know, we're more connected than we ever have. So I think that's the, that's the one thing. It's not that I disagree with, but I think we have to, to keep in, keep in context of this whole fashion. You can still, you can still going to be like each other. You can still have a, a stable fashion kind of, uh, system and have that have that i mean you know like people on ask andy that forum have been there forever and they wear the same freaking clothes for like 20 years yeah right? i but mean those people would never do anything with fast fashion or anything and, right, and but, I, I mean but, that's that's a hard thing to compare but you can have you can have this kind of like online intimacy community this sense of belonging and not have people constantly chasing a different look every week Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it seems like. Want to hear the rest? Listen to the full episode and many more other exclusive episodes over on our Patreon. Visit patreon.com forward slash blamo 
to sign up and join the Blam Fam. You also get access to our exclusive members-only Slack group where we chat about this and a ton of other things. So head over to patreon.com forward slash Blamo and we'll see you there.